Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a weekly roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Tag. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, we want to welcome a person who grew up 15 minutes from Disneyland and took trips to the park with her family, and that's what started her love for Disney. Loves to celebrate family milestones at the park. Now lives in Southern Oregon and uh, works for the state of Oregon and a supporter of my other podcast, DL Weekly, and a member of the welcoming committee over there. Please welcome Donna to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with you guys tonight. Also joining us this week, he grew up in Southern California going to Disneyland. He became a cast member from 91 to 93 in the Plaza Complex, then custodial from 98 to 07. He started the Sweep Spot podcast in 2011 and uh, has two books out about uh, cleaning the kingdom. That's the name of the books. And uh, he's uh, one of our early returning guests. That's great. It's Lynn from the Sweep Spot. Hey, Lynn. Hey, thanks for having me again. All right. And thank you both for joining us. Let's start out with our first whoa, question. Whoa, hold, hold, hold the phone, Eric. Uh, you're, what? You're burying, oh, what? you're burying the thing here, man. Oh, what, we have what, to talk what about new, some what news, s- some special news here before we get started. Usually we jump right in, but we can't do this that. This isn't week. a news show. Come on, Tag. <laughs> Eric, the last time listeners heard you on this very show, you were but a boy. And now <laughs> you are a man. And why is that, Eric? I almost <laughs> spit my water on the screen here. But, uh, uh, yes. Well, as of uh, Monday night on the dewy slopes of that slightly angled embarkment into the rivers of America, I have now seen Phantasmic. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was and? a whole thing. Finally saw it all the way through, deliberately sat down and watched the whole thing from right there front and center, although... Dan from Supreme Resort told me that we were several bricks away from dead center. He has measured it. And, but you uh, saw it. That's the important well, thing. I did see it. We we did the Fantasmic Dining Package at Blue Bayou. So we got a great meal at Blue Bayou. And yeah, came back, got some really nice seats and got to see Fantasmic for the first time sitting on cobblestones, shifting uncomfortably the whole time. And how was it? It was good. I, I, well, it would, I mean, as far as nighttime spectaculars go, it had a story and I'm aware of the story. I've listened to it before. So now seeing it in front of me for the first time was a great experience. It, you know, it was world of color, but there's actual pyrotechnics. There are actual actors doing things. The physical set pieces are great. Murphy looked tremendous. Uh, Even, even, you know, just. All of the all the Mickey effects and all of the, you know, the other the the floats going by with characters dancing on them. All of that worked so well. It was really well done. I was very impressed seeing it in person for the first time. I don't completely have the emotional connection to it Mm -hmm. that many of you do because it's been around forever and there's nothing to mess with. It's very good. But I I don't I don't have that connection yet. So it, it was it. As far as Disney spectaculars go, very high up the list. I don't know. I suppose I'd maybe rank like Illuminations, Reflections of Earth higher for my part, but very high up the list. I love the mix of practical and projection effects. Very well done. Yeah, it was it was great to do it. And uh, I disappointed a lot of people who wanted to be there when, they, when I saw Fantasmic for the first time. 
including members of this show, That's concierge okay. cast, uh, you know, or concierge folks who wanted to be involved. Sorry, everybody. I just happened to be there this weekend and we made it a thing. <laughs> well, I'm very proud of you, Eric. Oh, thank you, Tech. So we can't have that bit on the show anymore. So at least you've, you've freed yourself from that. Well, I was in show choir for several years, so we can go back to that. <laughs> All right. Now we'll get to my question. So thank you, Eric, for sharing your experience. I'm glad you enjoyed it and that it was at least up there. It wasn't like the bottom of your list. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Many, wor- many worse shows at yes. Disney Parks. Well, we are all obviously Disney fans here. It's like the whole point of the show. But what is something that Disney either has a version of or if they did, you would not be a consumer of? So this could be anything. Donna, what is something that just it doesn't matter if Disney did it, you're not interested? I had this was a tough one. I had to really think about it with all the different things Disney has to offer. So many of them I love and I'm a fan of. So I thought, what something that I'm just not interested in? And I what popped into my head was video games. I grew up as a kid with video games coming on scene. I remember having my first Atari. I remember having playing Pong, Space Invaders, all those things when I was a kid. And then as video games developed more and more. I just never was interested in them at all. Um, My boys both played video games. They were really into it, but I just would have no interest in Disney video games, no matter how cool they are, no matter what kind they are. It just is something that would not appeal to me at all. Hmm. Okay. And I'm going to toss this now to Eric. I'm thinking about it and it's, it's perhaps one of those reasons why Disney dropped their video game division and kind of subbed it all out because they were doing things directly like the, the, was it the, the Disney universe um, where they had the little figures and you could put Mm -hmm. it in on the thing and play games. The figures were cool. I never really got into the games. I have a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I've got, I've got quite a few at work actually. I I really loved the style of those. It was a cool concept. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a cool concept. Just definitely something I wouldn't have had interest in myself. Yeah, and they've done various other video games over the years and I I can understand why they wanted to to change up the way they approach that. So, um yeah, I think that's a fairly normal thing at the at this point. Um you know, leave that leave that to somebody else and mm-hmm. it's it's probably because so many of their fans really weren't that interested in those games. It's kind of niche for Disney. Or Fairly obvious reasons, uh, me not having children or anything like that. I don't really interact much with Disney content that's geared for kids. You know, Disney Junior, Disney, all of the made-for-TV Disney movies like Zombies and and High School Musical. I see them when my nieces want to watch something, and they're super into it, so that's fun. But I I just, you know, I'm not going to seek that stuff out on my own, really. Except for Bluey. Bluey is the best children's program <laughs> that I've seen since Sesame Street. It's fantastic. But uh, yeah, anything else in the company, I if I haven't done it, I want to engage with it more. Like Disney Cruise Line. I haven't done it before, but I really would like to go on a Disney cruise. ESPN, I have been a sports fan in the past. And for some reason, busy life and all this stuff, I've, I've it's kind of fallen off. But I... I have that itch where I'm like, I want to watch more baseball. I want to watch more hockey this year. So, yeah, there are things that are out there that I'm not engaging with that I do want to re-engage with. Uh, what do you think, Lynn? Well, I was thinking about this, and I thought there's something that they have that I just don't think 
they're good at. And that is, you know, the, the genie app, like the free part of the app. Oh yeah. They do like the planning for you. I've tried it once and then I've seen other people try it and it's just terrible. So, but I do know that like touring plans. So I would leave it up to them to let them do that. I mean, they're excellent at that. I mean, not, I'm not like trying to plug for them. I'm just saying that they're awesome at that, but I don't think Disney has that down and maybe, maybe they just don't care enough to exceed at it. I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's not a good thing. I completely agree with you. Lynn. <laughs> Having spent yeah. the last two days in the parks, I didn't engage with Genie at all other than using it to do Genie Plus stuff like reserve mm-hmm. lightning yeah. lane things. And I went over to my Turing Plans app to see what the actual wait times were estimated to be every time. Yeah. yeah. You know what's so yeah. sad is Touring Plans doesn't even have direct access to the real data like Disney does. You'd think Disney would have this in the can, but but no. No, it's all estimates, but they're good. Yeah, they have, Touring Plans has people that report times to them, and then they, you know, they put it up there. And then they also have so much data backed up for years, and just yeah. I mean, you think Disney would too, right? I don't know. <laughs> it's just not their thing. I, I like you, Eric. When I found I would use it for the things that I needed to use it for, but otherwise, I just didn't really have any interest in getting in there and scrolling through all the plans for your day, that kind of thing. We should yeah. try that sometime. Just let dis- let regular genie tell us day. what to do all day. <laughs> Reason I brought up was that I tried it for about thirty minutes because it said, "Go on, Buzz Lightyear." Like, okay, because there's no wait. So I go over there and I go on. I was by myself. This was like last January, and uh, and then after that, it said, it "said now sounds like a good time uh, to ride the Jungle Cruise." I'm like, all right, I'll go over there. <laughs> And then, it, then it said something about smaller. I'm like, all right. So then I thought, all right, forget it. I'm not going to go all over the park, <laughs> and I'm passing rides that have no weight as I'm getting to the. I just didn't understand it. So, but Lynn, those aren't the rides they want you to get in line for. They want you to go get in line for the other thing. They're trying to manipulate everyone to do what they want. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, is everybody would have to use it for it to be to be good. Uh, well, for me, it's always going to be sports things. I'm not a sports person. I, I've i gone on tirades before. I don't know if it's been on this show. I'm sure I have. At how Disney should divest itself from ESPN and just get rid of that. And even even the, the TV networks, they should divest themselves from as well. But just not interested in the sports stuff. I, you know, it's just not my thing. So unfortunately, uh, they're, they're never going to get me onto that. So. Well, that wraps up our first question, which was pretty great, actually. It was some good discussion there. So now let's go to Donna for your question this week. So I I have a background in customer service. That's what I've done most of my career in some form or another. And so I was curious about how you would all define the Disney approach to customer service and how, how do you think it might differ from the way other companies do their customer service? And we'll pass this one on to Eric to start. Yeah. That Disney difference they always talk about, I, I think it's it's about taking somebody's expectations and just blowing it up. Uh, you want to have cast members that are that are friendly. They know what they're talking about. They understand the policies. They understand what's available. So no matter whom you're talking to, if they have to say no about something, they can suggest an alternative. My my favorite example when I was just kind of getting 
into Disney stuff. We were going to uh, the Food and Wine Festival at Walt Disney World, and I called a cast member. Well, I called Disney and got hooked up with a cast member so I could look into tickets for the extra events that they do there. And over the course of, I mean, I waited for, I mean, really kind of too long, but we all kind of know how that goes with Disney. It was probably 10, 15 minutes. But when I got this person, I talked to her for probably 10, 15 minutes about options. And I said, hey, here's what I want to do. And she started throwing out ideas and, hey, would you like to do this? Hey, how about this? And she had talked me up into doing things that I wasn't prepared for, (laughs) but they were things that we still talk about to this day. Some of the best experiences we've had came out of those conversations and it became this running gag where whenever I would call Disney to arrange my own events, Brandy, my wife would say, Oh, well, who was, what was the name of the friend you made today? (laughs) Because at the end you're just chatting it up. And the, the best ones on the phone were the ones who just kept talking to you constantly. And in that downtime, while they're searching for things, they hit you up for some extra info and, or, well, when was the last time you were here? And really great experiences. Same thing in the parks. You want somebody who, when you ask for some sort of exception or a change or a whatever, they don't look at you with, with dead eyes and say, it's over there. <laughs> I suppose that's setting the bar kind of low, actually. But, but yeah, that's what we come to expect at, at amusement parks and theme parks. Disney does it so much better, and there are places where they don't always do it that better, but in my experience on the phones and and in certain areas of the parks, they just knock it out every time. Lynn, what are you thinking as a cast so, member yourself? <laughs> when I, yeah, when I heard this question, I thought, all right, that's good, because I think that Disney is probably one of the best in customer service. There's a couple of companies I could think offhand that are up there with them, but the training that goes for the cast members is pretty intense and it covers a lot of scenarios that could happen even just down to something basic. Like, you know, you don't want to point with your finger, you know, it's two fingers or your hand, you know? So, and I still do that today at, at my work. Someone will say, Hey, where's this? I'll go, oh, there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, just to the small details like that. And because in some cultures pointing, you know, might be rude. But I was also thinking how we had situations where, um, and not a lot of companies would do this, where someone dropped their churro and I saw it. I could go over to a churro stand and get them another one and go, oh, here you go. You know, and they just, whoa, okay, thank you. You know, it just blows them away. Just something that small will make a big difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So definitely uh, it's that's their thing. I mean, it goes way back, you know to Walt and some of the people I can't think of hand that helped develop this training program, you know? So yeah. What about you take? Yeah. Well, Donna, you, you, your specific question was how do you define the Disney approach? And I know Disney would love my answer, which is magical because I feel, <laughs> uh, which I feel terrible. Cause, uh, cause I feel like lately all of their promotional stuff has been magic, this magical, that, and, Magic, magic, magic. You know, it's like they get all these these keywords that they like uh-huh. use over and over. And so I feel like I've bought into that. But I really do feel like it's kind of magical. A lot of times, especially if you have a really great interaction with somebody with Disney, it is kind of magical. It's amazing that there are people that can go to this level of service for you and everything like that. So definitely magical. Um, you know, I, 
there's types like you said, Lynn, you know, if, if you saw somebody drop a churro, you could get another churro. Like most places won't do that. We've seen <sighs> stuff where kids or whatever, you know, they get soaked on Splash Mountain or something and maybe they're totally uncomfortable or they spill something on themselves and a cast member can get them like a T-shirt or something. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like what other places do that? Other places are just like, yeah, gift shops over there. Pony up. Um, <laughs> the only other company that I've had that level of customer service with myself has been Apple. I'm a huge Apple fan. And one of the reasons is it's not as good as it used to be. I will admit that right up front. But when I when I had my first few iPhones, you know, when they were, you know, pre six, iPhone six, maybe I lived in California and it was really convenient to be able to take my phone into the Apple store there if I had a problem. And if it was something they couldn't figure out, they would just give me a new phone and it would be fixed. And I mean, it wasn't it was the same model. It wasn't like they're giving me like the new model or something. But it was it was so nice and it made me the person that I am today with them because and the same thing with Disney. I spend so much money with Disney. I spend so much money with Apple because I've had those good experiences and I feel like if something goes wrong, they're gonna take care of me. And that's worth a little bit of extra for me. And that's worth that brand loyalty. So I think that that, that's the key that they've learned is that their customer service has to be that because that is so much of the Disney experience when you go to the parks or when you uh, call somebody for Shop Disney, or you call one of the travel agents, or you call, you know, I'm sure Eric from uh, and Lynn as as travel planners for oh, yeah. concierge. When you have to call Disney, you probably have great experiences with them all the mm-hmm. time, which is great because you got to call and talk to them all the time. So let, let me ask you something, take since sure. since I was just thinking about this. Um, do you think that being Disney fans that we are, we we know that experience of what the cast members can bring? that we have higher expectations of other places like when we go to other company you know establishments or places that's yeah. a great question it's tough I, so i've worked in customer service not at disney mm-hmm. and i feel like just from that experience my personal experience of working in customer service that i always try to give a lot more patience and understanding to people who work in customer service mm-hmm. so if i get I would generally say that if I get a bad or a mediocre customer service experience, I chalk it up to that person either having a bad day or being something being understaffed or some stressors right. that I don't right. necessarily attribute that to the company. Yeah. I will say things that I do attribute to companies are things that are not a specific one employee's issue. So if I go into an establishment, this this has happened a couple times now with me. I love Chipotle, but I've mm-hmm. ordered food through their app and they tell me to go to show up at this time and I show up and the food's not ready yet. Well, if it's not going to be ready at that time, tell me a later time. Like I'm fine waiting later, just give me an accurate accurate thing. But they don't or, you know, the Taco Bell up the street from my house. They have Dr Pepper, but through the app it always tells me I can't Dr Pepper's not available, so I have to put it into something else. When I get mm. there, I say, "Hey, can I swap that for Dr Pepper?" and they do. Like those things are just bad service to me, but that I don't think yeah. is, a cus- is a specific issue with a specific person. And that's, I'll rate the company down for that. But if yeah. it's just one bad customer service experience with a particular employee, yeah. I don't rate them down for that because you never know. Like it could, like everybody has bad days. I, I just think I've seen consistency in companies. And then I know like there's three in our city I could think of that you might be familiar with a few of them. Um, I think that Culver's has has oh, yes. really good service, and then Chick Fil A I think is right up there with In and Out. Also, like those places, they'll never mess up your order. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if they do, they'll 
you know, they'll make it right and they'll do it. They won't be like trying to make you bad, you know, feel bad for, for something. But I think those three companies come to mind when I think of like some of the best customer service and, and the way they had in a way, it's a Disney way in a way, you know, they're, the way they smile, the way they greet you, the way they, you know, send you off. Anyway, I just thought I'd ask. Culver yeah. started in Wisconsin, so we have a lot of them around here. Oh, okay. And and they pay their people really well. In fact, if if mm-hmm. Teresa, my co-host from DL Weekly, was here, she worked at a Culver's for a while, so she could probably tell you about that side of things. Yeah. But yeah. they're always well staffed. Their people are yeah. well paid. Their restaurants are clean. Oh yeah, love them. Yeah. But Donna, you must. Uh, what's your opinion on this whole thing? We kind of have hijacked it away for you. <laughs> no, I I think you guys made some great comments, and I. Um, kind of along the lines of what you said, Tag, it's it's the whole experience. And I feel like with Disney, that their customer service is part of the whole experience of Disney. It's what helps make Disney such a great experience for park goers. And I think that I remember going into Disney stores and malls years ago, and I was in retail management. And I would go in and I... Everyone was nice. The person that greeted you, the people that helped in the store, the cashier, they just was the same kind of attitude that I feel like cast members have at the parks. And I remember thinking, because this is just the expectation Disney has for their cast members. And Lynn, you alluded to that. It's in the training. It's the culture of of the Disney company is we provide good customer service. And when I'm in the park, I, you know, and people have off days. I've been in customer service. I know that I've had off days. And so occasionally there'll be a cast member that's having an off day and, you know, who knows, maybe they're not feeling well or something's going on at home. But for the most part, I feel like when I'm at the park that they act like they're happy that I'm there. They're happy that I'm, that I'm coming to there. It's, it's almost like Disney's their house and they are welcoming me in and they're hospitable. And I think about in the morning, I, the last several trips I've gone, I take the Toy Story shuttle over from my hotel and I get there, I rope drop. So I get there at seven o'clock and wait in line. And they're just, everyone's saying, good morning. How are you? Have a great visit today. And I'm thinking they're at the security line. That's all. That's what their day is. Just being there all day. But I hear them over and over saying, have a great day. I hope you enjoy your day. And it seems like it's very genuine. And I know that when I've been on the phone with Disney for different things, I get that same sense from them too. And Eric, what you were saying is you, you end up having a, a chit chat with them about, you know, how's, how's the weather in your city today? How's that going? And I love that they, it, this is a simple thing, but I love that they end their phone calls with have a magical day because yeah. I just think that's, I get off the phone with Disney and I feel like I have that little slice of Disney in my day. So I I think that there's other companies that do good customer service, but I definitely think Disney, it's just part of the culture. And I do think that that goes back to Walt and that 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 was his home and he wanted people to come in and feel the hospitality of his home. Yeah, that's some, that's really great. I love that perspective. So your two questions down, which means we have reached our halfway point. That means it's time for for me to ask you, the listener, to head on over to thehubcrawl.com slash support and uh, consider offering us a little bit of extra support uh, each each month. So for $5 a month, 
10, 20, uh, you get some extra benefits. Just starting out at $5, you get access to our, our private Discord chat. From there, you can get early access to episodes. You can even suggest questions to us, which is great because, my goodness, is it, Tag, is it hard for you to think of questions every. It is only because our guests have brought so many good questions that I feel like I need to find a, a equal caliber question for them. And <laughs> exactly, uh, so that's what makes it difficult. But I'm telling you, I'm sure we have some listeners who would love to to send in some questions. So you could do that uh, as a as a supporter perk. Absolutely, yeah. And and for instance, my question this week comes from my sister, who is not a patron. But uh, I mean, come on, this is going out to you, sister. <laughs> personally there you go didn't even have to pay for it (laughs) speaking of which i guess let's get to that question uh eric it is your turn all right assuming none of us have gone on an adventures by disney trip any any takers here i no No, not yet not for lack of wanting all right there we go so we're all on the same page here what is what's your go-to trip which adventures by disney trip would you love to take and why Hey, Lynn, why don't you hey. start us off? I'd love to. I was thinking Japan because I, I've always wanted to go to Tokyo Disneyland. And I just think Japan looks really beautiful over there. I think uh, the parks look amazing. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to go to Japan. I think they do a Japan. I should know oh. this, right? <laughs> <laughs> They've got some trips to, to Japan. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tig, what do you think? Well, there's... I mean, we had on on Deal Weekly, we had somebody who had done one of the, uh, I believe it was an Africa trip and sounded amazing. (laughs) So obviously, there's lots of places to go. But however, I'm going to be the crazy person. And they did offer that one around the world trip where you got to go to all the (laughs) Disney parks and a bunch of other things. And it's still listed technically on their site as I'm looking at it right now for, you know, a mere $109,995. 24 days, 23 nights, goes to six countries, 12 Disney theme parks, three iconic landmarks. That is my, that is one that would be amazing. Um, Otherwise, I think any of the European ones that they have, I think sound really, I mean, honestly, any of these would be great. You know, Africa would be awesome. Uh, Just any of them, to be honest. I just wish you didn't have to pay such a premium for them. And then take a month off of work. Well, well, then there's that too. Uh, see, this is why we need more supporters of the Hub Crawl, Eric, so you and I can go on this around the world adventures <laughs> by Disney. All right, and need a lot of that. supporters. Yeah, right. And and Eric, you know, you get you you get a discount, right, for being a travel planner. Uh, not not for that one. Dang it. Well, Donna, what were you? What are you thinking? It's definitely the top of my list. I didn't even have to think about this one. It would be the London and Paris. I absolutely love London. I went to England in 2018. So I would say England and Disney are two my my top two favorite things. And to be able to combine the Disney experience on a trip to London sounds amazing. And I haven't been to Paris. I definitely want to go. Uh, I was reading through some of the, the different things. You, you go to the Louvre, you go to Versailles. When you're in London, you do a Tower of London tour and you get a private uh, a private meet and greet with one of the beef eaters and which are the the guards there that do the tours you see the crown jewels a private 
viewing of that. I mean, it just, it sounds amazing. And my husband was saying, what Disney has goes to London. There's no Disneyland there. And I said, no, it's, it's the whole Disney experience. Again, it's the customer service Disney way thrown in with London and Paris. And definitely if I did that trip, I would have to either go a little earlier or go a little late so I could go to Disneyland Paris because that's on my bucket list as well. Well, you know, they have a England and France trip. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It would absolutely be amazing. But like what you're saying, it's the, the expense of it. It's definitely a lot of money, but I, I, when you had the guest on DL weekly that talked about their trip adventures by Disney, it, I just think it's probably worth every penny. So I'm going to say for that, but I think it would be amazing. That sounds amazing. I also see that they have a picture of macarons on here. So I'm. Sold. Oh, nice. <laughs> How about you, Eric? Uh, you know, thinking of those European trips and I, I have several of them that have been floating around the top of my head ever since I joined concierge and started writing about and talking about them. But it, one of the things that I think is reasonable and within my price range, not not a crazy thing, is to do one of the one of the European river cruises. I would love to do something like that and, and float through, you know, France and Germany, and those would be great. And I think if I save up, I can do something like that. The thing that is perhaps outside of my price range at the moment and completely ridiculous, and something that I would one hundred percent do in a heartbeat given the opportunity is the Antarctica trip. It starts in South America. You travel through South America for a little while. You go to the, there's a post office at the end of the world, they call it. And it's, it's at the southernmost point of, uh, of, of South America. And then you, um, you go to Antarctica, which is a continent that probably thousands of people have touched. <laughs> like, what an amazing opportunity to go to Antarctica and and experience something in a responsible and and sustainable way. See see you know animal life and and do activities down there and then come back. That the the whole thing just sounds crazy to me. I had a coworker once who worked in Antarctica for a few years, and the stories she told me about the rigor that they have there. You, everything has to be recycled. Every wrapper has to be put in its proper place. There's no, you can't have litter in Antarctica because everybody's researching the place. And, wow. uh, you know, the, the resources are so limited based on how they can get things to you. I mean, and then there's the, the classic John Carpenter movie, the thing. So, you know, all these great things about Antarctica. <laughs> Is that included with your adventure by Disney? <laughs> I hope not. I don't want to have to have that situation happening. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, that that trip would be a complete dream. And that's the one. That's the one right there. Uh, but yeah. Um, so, hey, that was a great round of discussion. I it really I'd do any of these trips, any of them, given the time and the and the cash. But let's let's move on to our last question here with Lynn. What do you have for us this week? So if you can take any Disney attraction from around the world and put it in Disneyland, California, I picked that one just because that's my favorite park, of course. But um, <laughs> what would you put in there? Take what do you this? Take? This was tough. So, I mean, there's a lot of good attractions around the world that are not at Disneyland. 
But mm-hmm. I will say one one attraction that I have not experienced myself, I've only seen it online, but I've heard good things about it, is Mystic Manor from Hong Kong Disneyland. And for those of you who don't know, this is basically like their haunted mansion. It was an original story developed by the Imagineers. There's a kind of wizard guy, I guess you could say, and he's got this monkey and this whole thing happens. And there's some really cool, it's a trackless, it was the first trackless attraction. Lord just- Henry Mystic? Yes. Isn't that yes. his name? Yeah. Lord Henry Mystic. <laughs> With a name like that, you've got to have it. Right. But I, I love the look of this. I think all of the technology in the attraction itself is amazing. I would I think that you could put this at Disneyland and it would not take away from the haunted mansion because it could be something totally different. I just just everything about it just seems so cool and awesome. Uh, what about you, Donna? Well, I was going to ask you where where would where would you put it though? I ne- that's not part of my question, but now now that we're talking about it, <laughs> uh, I would put it probably in Fantasyland, maybe by where like the you know maybe across from It's a Small World or something, maybe over yeah. in there. Uh, yeah. That seems to be the only area that really there's room at exactly right now. Uh, but what do you think, Donna? And then if you have to answer where to put it, uh, good luck. <laughs> that's always the million dollar question. So there's so many different attractions that I have not experienced. And I'm sure there's many that if I did experience them, I would say, oh, I want it in California. But one that I have is the Pandora Flight of the Avatar. I think it's official term. Flight of Passage. Yeah. Flight of Flight of Passage. So my son's girlfriend had worked on the college program at Disney World a few years back. And right after that ride had come out and he went to visit her and they waited i think he said three hours or something for it but he said it was he said mom it's the most amazing ride you have to do it you have to go there they they got off and got right back in line and did it again so we went in april of 2021 during covid when the park was at 35 percent capacity that was my that was our first trip to disney world and we basically walked right on that ride. I think the walk through the queue actually was just the the longest part was just actually walking the queue. And we got on there. My husband is not a ride. He's not an attraction person at all. And we didn't really know what to expect. And we we all got on it. And when that when you're sitting there and that curtain opens or whatever it was, I was absolutely blown away by that ride. And we got off it and my husband said, that is the best ride ever. He was telling everyone that ride was so fun. He just went on and on. So if, if he liked it, you know, it's good. And I would love to see that one. Um, and I know it's not part of the question, but I think it would, could go in maybe Adventureland somewhere around there. I think it would be mm-hmm. a good fit in there, but that one I would love to see in the Disneyland California park. What about you, Eric? Oh, man. Pandora is, I mean, Flight of Passage is great. Famously, Mike, the, I don't know, but famously, Mike, the uh, the founder of the head concierge, um, he has a story where one time he had family members who hadn't seen the movie and they watched the entirety of Avatar in line waiting to get on the attraction. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you got enough time. Yeah, you do. And the queue is fantastic and the experience is great. Uh, for my my money here, I, I'm thinking a little more practically, perhaps. I'd like to bring the Iron Man experience from Hong Kong Disneyland to the Avengers campus at DCA. 
There's not a lot going on there right now. There's the, the web slingers attraction. The stunt shows are great. All the little character meet and greets are fantastic because they happen so frequently, but I mean, they kind of need another thing for you to wait in line for. And just thinking practically like, Oh, you could redo the rock and roller coaster that they redid in Paris to be an Iron Man ride. Um, or you could take, you could take like star tours out of Disneyland and bring it over to DCA <laughs> and retheme it like they did for Hong Kong and make the Iron Man experience. And there you go. You've got another attraction that's high capacity that people will want to see. And it fits the theme and it probably won't completely take up a, a ton of room in that, that space. At least that's the way I look at it. What is it? Is it a screen like, like star tours? Is that what you're saying? Or yeah, it's a simulator like star Tours, okay. So it uses the same sort of uh, the same sort of uh, vehicles. And it's basically cause they're, their whole Avengers area is part of the Stark Expo like they're doing mm-hmm. at Disneyland Paris. But but yeah, you show up and it's it's a, you know, Iron Man comes along and says, hey, we've got this this new technology we want to show you. And you all get into the vehicle and you have a little adventure. It's pretty fun if you want. If That's you look cool. up the videos. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you thinking, Lynn? I was thinking Pirates of Caribbean at from Shanghai. And I'm sure we've all seen the videos of. How amazing that is. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I I don't know where I would go. I was thinking it probably wouldn't fit here because it needs a big show building, probably. But I was thinking like Tom Sawyer Island, like if you had to take rafts to get over there and then ride it. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> and 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 you wouldn't have to get because it's almost it's almost like a completely different story. You could take all the jack sparrow elements out of the original pirates and then just have this attraction yeah bring back the original pirates <laughs> it was good for a little while but yeah. i think it's it's time yeah man i forget about the pirates version in shanghai but uh that's definitely on my bucket list of attractions to experience and i would not turn it away from disneyland that's for sure as long as it didn't replace the pirates we have now right yeah well that does it for this episode of the hub crawl we would like to thank our guests lynn thank you thanks for having me and donna thank you so much this has been a lot of fun well join us next time where we continue to talk all things disney and if you're a patron supporter hang out we have got a bonus question oh yeah we do every time so thanks everybody for for joining us (laughs) 